Hello, everyone. I am Mariah Muhammad, writer and moderator with Becker's Hospital Review. Thank you so much for tuning into the Becker's Healthcare Podcast Series. In today's conversation, we're joined by Dr. C.T. Lin, the Chief Medical Information Officer at UC Health, and Bobby Zar, the Vice President of Healthcare at UPerform. Dr. Lin and Bobby, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you both? Doing great. Hey, glad to be here. Of course. Well, wonderful. With that, we can jump right into our conversation today. Bobby, if you don't mind, I'm actually going to start with you for our first question. Uh, the first thing that I wanted to ask you is, how do you see AI shaping the future of, of the workplace learning? Uh, exciting times, aren't we? Um, AI is uh, starting to uh, really come to fruition. All the promise that uh, is ahead of us out there. We see AI, uh, it may speed the development of personalized learning by improving the relevancy and usefulness of existing content, but also accelerating the creation of new content. AI-based search and intelligent assistance even working today appear to be able to provide real-time at the elbow learning and support. So it's an exciting time for us. You know, I, I fully believe that I am personally dancing on the peak of overinflated expectations. And with any new technology, we always have this little peak of like, this is going to solve everything. And I fully acknowledge that I myself is standing on this peak looking at all the cool things that we anticipate doing. And inevitably, right, I'm, I know we're headed for the valley of despair that comes next when we go, oh, really, that's all it does, and then try to climb out of that over time. That's been true for generation after generation. I, I think things uh, that I'm looking forward are to, are, like Bobby says, an AI assistant should be able to reduce initial training, make it just in time, at the elbow, and spot ways to help. I think there's lots of cool opportunities here. 100%. I agree with uh, Dr. Lynn. We've got to look past the hype but AI also could be useful in areas we never imagined. Its usage is gonna grow over time with a lot of missteps along the way. We're just starting this journey. So it's important to remember that today it's kind of like the internet before the browser. There are tremendous opportunities, even in the short run, but we've got to look and say, you know, let's take a little step back and see exactly, you know, what we can do with it today, not only the promise of tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much to both of you for answering that. And that was a great metaphor, Bobby. Um, Dr. Lynn, if I can go back to you for a second. We've seen tech make a lot of promises to change healthcare over the years, as you know. Um, what makes you confident that AI will change the learning experience for clinicians and how far out from that are we really? Well, I've been in the industry now uh, 27 years. And uh, in internet time, that's like 30 generations of of tools. And every time we have something new, like I was saying before, it 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 seems like this is going to solve everything. And, and I know that that's never really the case. Um, in my opinion, tech always underperforms in the short term and actually ends up outperforming in the long term. So when we sit here on this peak of inflated expectations and think, well, look at all the things it'll do, you know, in the coming weeks and months, we'll go, well, gee, we can dip our toe in the water in a couple of ways, but boy, it's really not as sophisticated as we were thinking it would be. And in the long run, right, we think we we, we come to understand that, you know, electronic health records, speech recognition, all of these technologies in the long run, as we learn to figure out how it's useful, it can really sort of um, surprise us going forward. So in terms of these changes, I, I think we need to look forward for small concrete steps. And then over time, we innovate our way to some interesting platforms going forward. Um, I, I think immediately, there's some immediate applications for AI in terms of search, in terms of finding what you need right away. 
uh, search for learning tools has never been great. And I think there's a big opportunity there. I agree. As long as it can be used as a tool uh, to show a user an easier way or a better way to perform a task, uh, getting them unstuck from those workflows that uh, uh, they don't know what to do today. Uh, the search is all on, you know, I'm going to return you a whole bunch of stuff. You got to sort through it and figure it out uh, where the promise of what AI is doing today, even with chat GTP, like uh, searches, you know, here's a narrative and a dialogue that we can enter into. Uh, I think that's great promise for us. Yeah, definitely. And Dr. Lynn, if I could ask you another question, what opportunities exist for AI to help identify and resolve individual learning gaps right now? Well, we have a few opportunities. I know that you know our electronic health record, we happen to be using Epic. Um, we have a tool called Signal for our physicians and providers and Neat for our nurses in terms of uh, uh, audit log data and how we're, how we're using the electronic health record and tracking it. Um, I could imagine AI taking that data and giving us sort of automated recommendations in real time or targeted interventions. Hey, for this particular nurse, you're spending a lot of time on flow sheets. Did you know there's a way of using you know, smart keys on the keyboard to get there? Uh, for physicians, it seems like you're spending a lot of pajama time with your progress notes. And have you ever thought of you know, increasing your template use or uh, using speech recognition in these ways, not those ways? Um, I, I think right now it's up to our human trainers to come by and chat with the clinician and get them out of their rut. And if there's a way for AI to jump in there, uh, at an individual level and, you know, periodically once a week, you get a recommendation, that sort of thing. I think there's lots of opportunity there. Yeah, I agree. I think that, uh, you know, we've already talked about personal assistance and things like that, but one area that we're seeing uh, tremendous opportunity in the use case today is in speed and in relevancy, the speed of being able to create content, the AI bots, so to speak, can write content uh, very well. Uh, organize a uh, workflow uh, so that it's logical and easily uh, readable in a matter of minutes where it would take a typical content creator hours to uh, to create. Also enhancing the relevancy with the available data inside of a system so that the content is then tagged and appropriately set up for the right user at the right time. Uh, I think those two areas, AI is actually perfect in a, uh, today's world. Yeah, absolutely. Those are some great examples. Some of those I've never even thought of. So thank you so much for giving us those. Doctor, how can AI be used to enhance employee onboarding and orientation programs? You know, I foresee uh, shortening training. In fact, we're our partnership with UPerform has allowed us to go from eight-hour classroom training for our physicians and APPs uh, down to about uh, 30 minutes of technology setup where we get people, uh, this is your hyperspace login, make sure you get that working. This is your two-factor authentication for prescribing uh, controlled substances. This is your speech recognition app for your smartphone. Let's get that configured. And three or four technology installations. And then after that, we say, here's your, you perform simulation training for your job. Uh, we're going to walk away and you let us know if you have any trouble for the complete novice they can do a self-paced learning over about two hours and soup to nuts understand how to do an outpatient visit or an inpatient hospital admission or whatever it is. But if you're experienced with the EHR, as we know, something like 75% of our incoming clinicians come from another organization where they've used the same EHR, 
you can be done in a third of that time because, yep, seen that, I know that, yes, done, done, done. And here's your login, go off and start seeing patients on your first day. So having self-paced learning with partners like you perform has dramatically transformed the way that we do onboarding at this point. Yeah, and I recall a story that a uh, lowly uh, CMIO once told me about different workflows and the simple act of discharging a patient uh, from one organization to another, where uh, uh, discharging a patient was a discharge order in one place, and it was done through a, uh, a navigator. Obviously, the process is slightly different. In this case, I think AI, when we talk about walking through the processes and workflows, you're going to learn, but then that on-the-job training, instead of having to, uh, you may know how to write a discharge order. You may think you know how to do the discharge, but if you simply type in discharge this patient, the AI bots will know the proper policies, protocols, even the billing steps uh, uh, associated with it, and all of the uh, uh, orders, documentation, planning, patient education, everything that encompasses it and gives it to you in a succinct, defined way to drive you to achieving that goal. I think the ultimate goal, though, would be great if uh, you could just say that and then the AI system creates all the orders, documentation, and everything go there. So it's great promise, but maybe just simplifying it down to saying, hey, I want to make sure you do the right thing at the right time and you don't uh, get yourself into trouble like uh, some other uh, doctors have done in the past. You know, I'll jump in and say that the just-in-time training that we have envisioned, we've been very happy to work with you perform on this. Increasingly, um, as we deploy new tools, for example, we're starting to look at uh, giving doctors credit for uh, answering online patient messages. And we built a new tool called Message Appointments, which is not quite billing for patients' visits, but uh, creating RVU credit uh, for clinicians within our own organization. That was a new workflow. And uh, when we rolled it out, we, of course, C.T. Lin sends his tip sheets to 4,000 doctors. And you know what do we have? A 25% read rate. Most of my clinicians have no idea what I'm talking about. But once you get into the message appointment, we now have a link just in time, right in hyperspace. Um, what is this thing? And it says, click here for more information about message appointments. You click into it and we have like a 60 second TikTok like video that gives you like the highlights. And then right there, you have the tip sheet that walks you through how you handle and the buttons you click to be as successful with message appointments. So we're looking at just-in-time knowledge. And you know, if we project forward a couple of years, could it be that we get to the point where training for onboarding is just, here's your login, don't give it away. Here's where all the PCs are. And then here's where you call us if you have a problem. There's no other training because you learn it on the job and the and the system actually coaches you through it. This is a throwback to something like 20 years ago, back in the days of DOS systems, if there are any uh, elderly retirees like me who can remember uh, systems like that, that uh, this was actually very similar to training back then. You only need three things. Here's your login and password. Don't give it out. Here's a phone number for the help desk. And uh, here's where all the PCs are located. Good luck. Um, now, at, the, at that time, DOS systems only had, you know, three or four things you could do. You could write a prescription and print it. You could, you know, place an order for a blood test um, and you could type part of a progress note. You, there's only certain things you can do. So there's not much training involved. Our, you know, GUI-based systems now have so many options on that first screen. It's very confusing. That's why we ended up with eight hours of training. But I think with AI and with just in, embedded uh, just-in-time training, we could get back to that vision of training is just... Um, Here's your login. Good luck. And it'll teach you as you go. We would love to get to that point. 
Yeah, definitely. The shortened training definitely sounds beneficial for everyone involved. And especially if it remains effective, that is absolutely incredible. Um, and thank you both for sharing those stories. That was great. The next thing that I wanted to ask you is, what role does human interaction play in AI-driven training? And how can the two be balanced effectively? One thing that I know when you talk about that balance uh, that we're seeing today is AI does not do well when it encounters uh, minor exceptions. Uh, it doesn't handle the unique very well. And in healthcare, we deal with the unique on a daily basis and even on a minute-to-minute basis. But AI has no real experiential knowledge uh, to base its decisions on. So it may recite Shakespeare word for word, but it really has no idea what the character is feeling or the character is meaning. So it's hard for any technology, no matter how intelligent, to replace the empathy, intuition, and coaching power of an experienced trainer. I'll just say that if you're paying attention to the AI space at all, the word hallucination and confabulation, those words ought to drive a fear fear into your heart uh, as you think about uh, AI-assisted tools in healthcare. Because if, if the AI is manufacturing uh, what it thinks it wants you to know, um, then you're going to trust it to do things that you're not supervising it. So I think human interaction, human supervision is absolutely critical at this point. What we're finding is that the sweet spot for using an AI is for an expert, like a physician expert, a specialist, using AI to simplify and speed up their work where they can look over all of it and say, that makes sense, that looks right, or that doesn't make sense, I'm not gonna use that. Because unfortunately, we do have, as we're aware, patients, uh, people out in the public using BARD and, and ChatGPT to ask it medical questions and trusting it where the person has no experience going, well, that sounds reasonable. Maybe I should do that for my ankle sprain. And you know, most of it's probably right, but there may be things that if you're not the expert, you can't tell. It sounds fluent. It sounds like it's an expert, but you can't tell. So I think the sweet spot is for an expert to use an AI as a junior assistant. Uh, we like to think about it like a really smart medical student helping you do your work and you go, that looks good. That doesn't look good. And I think that's where we're going to make the most gains in the, in the near future. Yeah, thank you to the both of you for answering that question. Bobby, before I let both of you go, the last thing I wanted to ask you specifically is, is you perform considering leveraging AI as part of its just-in-time learning program or platform? Yeah, sure. We're working with AI in three areas. The first is the natural language processing uh, search experience. Uh, some people call it like ChatGP or what Bing is doing, uh, what Google is now uh, starting to bring in that uh, natural language uh, or NLP uh, process where it's conversational, interactive, but most importantly, relevant. Uh, the second area we're working on is uh, content creation. Using the image recognition of screens and workflows uh, and then combining that with ChatGPT like natural language processing to create content. Uh, and then finally, the uh, first step of We've seen great results of so far has been in contact uh, relevancy, using user data and the data of like users, screen images and text from the current application uh, to match the user to content and you performed learning library. So uh, all of those things are combining with the, the tools and our development partners uh, today to really bring us stuff that we'll be able to bring to market in the very near term. I think the long term we've kind of looked at is uh, unknown, but those are the items we know we can uh, hit and the marks we can hit in the near term. And Dr. Lynn, I heard that you have a guitar or ukulele. Would you mind sing us a little something? 
I'd be happy to, with apologies to Willie Nelson, for whose song I'm going to rewrite the words to On the Road Again. On the road again, just can't wait to get on the road again. The life I love is treating patients with my friends, and I can't wait to get on the road again. Getting lost again, going places that I've never been, seeing screens that I may never understand. I wish I could get on the road again, on the road again. You perform road signs placed on the highway. We're making friends now that Epic keeps turning our way and our way on the road again. Just read the signs and get on the road again. The life I love is treating patients with my friends and I can't wait to get on the road again. Great. Thank you so much, Dr. Lynn and Bobby, for your time and thought-provoking responses today. We really do appreciate it. And I'd also like to thank our podcast sponsor, You Perform. You can tune into more podcasts from the Becker's Healthcare podcast series by visiting our podcast page at beckerspodcast.com. Thank you both again.